Hi, this is Bill Woods again up here in Sun Valley, Arizona, and uh, we're experiencing kind of a stormy type weather up here today. The wind's blowing 20 to 35 miles an hour with gusts up to 50 miles. And I understand we're getting ready for a cold jag to come in, with, including snow and, and things, but we're safe and sound and warm, and I praise God for that. I'd like to talk to you today about bringing America back to God. I'm taking these comments from Judges chapter 1 and 2. You know, Judges covers Israel's history for 305 years after Joshua died. During that time, Israel declined, they backslid, they walked away from God. And it's frightening to see the parallels between Israel and then America today. God established Israel and gave himself to them. He gave them the law, the Ten Commandments and the Covenant. He gave them Canaan, the very best land on earth. All that God asked was for their love and obedience. But what did Israel do? They denied God, they defied his law, and defiled the land. God had to judge them. The parallel with America today is alarming. No nation has had a Christian beginning like the United States of America. We're also given the Lord, the law, and a land. And we've denied him, we've defied him, and we've defiled our land. America's denied God. You know, God's been expelled from nearly every public public venue. It started back in the 1960s in public schools when Madeline Murray O'Hare filed a suit because she didn't want her son William to be exposed to prayers of religious people praying to a God that she didn't believe in. Interesting thing is that William eventually became a Baptist preacher preaching the uh, truth about the Lord Jesus Christ. But since Madeline Mary, uh, Murray O'Hare filed her uh, lawsuit, uh, everything has gone to public places, uh, assemblies, uh, stadiums, courthouses, coins, our Pledge of Allegiance. Today we're even fighting battles about what we can be preached in church and what cannot be preached. This pandemic that we're in has locked our nation down and people have lost their motivation. Churches have been denied the privilege of worship, which has caused further deterioration. We're having problems with a rise in suicide and depression and all the things that are going on. And it's not separation of church and state. It's separation of America from God who's blessed us. Currently, there is a battle raging in America over who will be president of the United States. Donald Trump and Mike Pence have tried to lead this nation back to a conservative base which recognizes God's standards. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are liberals wanting to defy God's standards and put in place abortion, gay marriages, drugs, Marxism, and all that's involved there. Well, how will it end? We will get what we need or we will get what we deserve. What's happened that our Christian nation has come to this? Why have we deteriorated so quickly? Well, America has defied God's laws. The Supreme Court ruled the Ten Commandments can't be displayed in public places. This was after Madeleine Murdy O'Hare's lawsuit. People might ponder them maybe obey them, and that would violate separation of church and state. America is trailing the same path that Israel did. The official position of our government, the Ten Commandments, are dangerous. 
kids shouldn't see thou shall not kill because what if they obeyed it? Ladies, if you broke down in the roughest part of town and had to walk out for help and four men came out of a house and walked just behind you, you would be terrified. Then you hear them talking about God and you hear that they've just left a Bible study and they're carrying Bibles. Well, how would you feel then? Phew, so relieved because they're Christians. The direction our nation's going is foolish and defies common sense. God has promised to bless and prosper us. Uh, doesn't it seem kind of dumb to bite the hand that's feeding us? We're so afraid we'll force our beliefs on other people and violate their beliefs that we've let the world destroy our core of morality. Islam and other pagan God-denying cults are, afraid to, are not afraid to force their beliefs. The communists are not afraid to force their beliefs. Just Christians are holding the truth, but so anemic that they've no backbone to share it. Like Israel, we've denied God, we've defied God's laws, and America's defiled the land. We've done this in many ways. One primary way is the spilled blood of aborted babies. There have been over 57 million abortions since the Supreme Court handed down its Roe v. Wave decision in 1973, allowing virtually unlimited abortions. If you listen to the Democratic Convention, you heard one of their planks was women's rights, giving women a right to control their own body, mostly meaning abortion on demand. You might not realize it, but the Democratic parties never recognized the sanctity of life. The burning issue that led the Civil War was the debate over the future of slavery. Uh, Democrats wanted to keep slaves for economic reasons and even made speeches proclaiming that to rid the country of slavery would destroy the wealth and happiness. To them, slaves were property like cattle or sheep not human beings, not people with rights to life. The large plantations in the South utilized slaves to tend their agricultural and perform other menial duties. The Republicans under Abraham Lincoln wanted to free the slaves because they recognized blacks as human beings. They recognized them with rights for the sanctity of life. They, on the eve of the Civil War, some four million uh, Africans and their descendants toiled as slave laborers in the South. Slavery was interwoven into the Southern economy, even though only a relatively small portion of the population actually owned slaves. Slaves could be rented or traded or sold to pay debts or even killed with no consequences because they were only property to be owned. Ownership of more than a handful of slaves demanded respect and contributed to social positions. Uh, slaves were just property of individuals and businesses, represented the largest portion of the region's personal and corporate wealth as cotton and land prices declined and the price of slaves soared. The northern states, one by one, gradually abolished slavery. When Congress established a law against slavery, Southern Democrats rebelled, and that dispute led to cessation, 
had brought about war in which the northern and western states and territories fought to preserve the Union and the South fought to establish Southern independence as a new confederation of states under its own constitution. The United States Civil War lasted from 1861 to 1865 and led to over 618,000 casualties. Again, life was and still is cheap to the Democratic Party. Makes no difference if a little baby would have a right to live if it's un inconvenient, then just get rid of it. God removed his glory from Israel <clears throat> for sacrificing their children to Molech. Today he's removing himself from the United States of America. We need a national revival, a moral and spiritual awakening. What will it take? I mean, if 9-11 and all the recent terrorist attacks wasn't enough, what will be enough? All these natural disasters that are going on, I believe, are God's efforts to wake us up. And if we don't wake up, soon he's going to send judgment. God raised 13 judges to deliver Israel from backsliding and bring national revival. Understand, you know, kind of, let's get a picture of a family fortune. When a family becomes rich, there are three stages which usually occur. The first generate, generation generates the fortune. The second generation speculates their fortune through compromises and foolish decisions. The third generation dissipates the fortune and it's gone. That's how it works with nations too. And that's how it works with churches. First generation generates freedom. Second generation speculates it away. Third generation dissipates it until it's gone. Look at those nations that have forgotten God in history. Generate. What do you know about the Israelites who entered the promised land? Under Joshua, God gave Israel one victory after another. Walls tumbled down. Kings were subdued. They'd never have won such victories without the power of God. That's a picture of America. The Revolutionary War. Britain had more men more money, better machinery. It was kind of a David and Goliath situation, but God was on our side and we won. Patrick Henry's speech sparked the revolution in 1775. He said, is life so dear or peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains or slavery? Forbid it, almighty God. I know not what course others may take, but as for me, give me liberty or give me death. George Washington, our first president, took office putting his hand on the Bible. He finished the oath and kissed the Bible. His first official act was to lead Congress in two hours of worship to Almighty God who established this nation. And what would have the ACLU said about that? In his inaugural address, he said, no people can be bound to acknowledge and adore the invisible hand which conducts the affairs of men more than the people of the United States. Every step by which they have advanced to the character of an independent nation seems to have been distinguished by some token of providential agency. In plain English, God got us here and we better not forget it. Our founding fathers were clear this land was founded on God and on the Bible. 
Today, liberals are trying to discredit, discredit them. The Bible was the first book used in public schools until the 1940s. Then people began to speculate. Succeeding generations in Israel began to squander it all away. In Judges chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, God said, Look at all I've done for you. I delivered you from slavery. slavery. I fed you manna. I guided and guarded you into the promised land. Now look at you. Why have you done this? Joshua's generation saw firsthand the great works of God. Joshua chapter 2, verse 10, it says, And also that generation were gathered unto their fathers, and there arose another generation after them which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. How sad. Joshua's generation failed to pass their values on to their children. You know, America in the 1960s failed to pass on the standards and stuff that we needed to have. But look where we are today. Americans are brainwashed by humanism, situational ethics, and relativism. We don't understand the moral foundation and spiritual principles of our heritage. We're trying to rewrite history and remove God. We're losing a nation for political correctness. One publisher said he wouldn't publish any history before 1840. Judges chapter 21-25 is one of the saddest verses in the whole Bible. It says, In those days there was no king in Israel. Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. They became people with no absolutes, no standard to live by. That's our nation today and how frightening it is. Barna Research found 67% of Americans say there is no such thing as absolute truth, that right and wrong aren't clear. What's wrong for you isn't necessarily wrong for me. Even more frightening, they did the same survey in evangelical churches. 52% said the same thing. Imagine Christians saying there's no right or wrong. How did Israel get to this point? through compromises, through letting down on their standards. Judges 2, 1 and 2 said, God, God said, drive the enemy out, uh, have nothing to do with them. They were to separate themselves from sin as they were supposed to do, but they failed to do that. They feared the Canaanites and Judges 1, 19 says, if they had trusted God, they would have won. They were afraid to try uh, to, uh, to win and so they said we can't conquer these people we better accommodate them surrender to them compromise with them and uh, you know are there Canaanites to fear today many of our leaders want to surrender to the war on terror they say we're losing we should quit trying to win we should negotiate with the terrorists and stop trying to police the world by doing that we're just inviting them to come to us Many politicians are calling for an end to the war on drugs, saying, we've lost. We should surrender and legalize it. In fact, Oregon has just legalized hard drugs. And I, I certainly don't understand that. If we legalize it, we can control it, they say. We can get, you know, turn it into money. We can use the taxes and all. We are willing to compromise our convictions for the almighty dollar. Arizona has 
adopted the fact that we can use marijuana. Just like we've controlled alcohol, we're going to control these drugs, you bet. Trying to control drugs by legalizing them is like trying to control a fire with gasoline. People, we're in a bad situation. We need to turn back to God. Parents are surrendering to sexual promiscuity. You're not going to be good, so be careful. Wear protection. What message does it give to the kids? We're putting ambulances at the bottom of the cliff when we're supposed to put fences at the edge of the cliff. It's time to speak up. It's time to turn to God's word. People, God wants you pure and chaste. He wants you to be a virgin when you marry, not to be passed around like a bottle of Gatorade in a football huddle. We're afraid of confrontation. We might offend someone. Whom shall I offend, man or God? Truth usually is offensive, but it's our only hope. John 8.32 says, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. We're so politically correct about homosexuality that we're afraid to say anything about it. Leave it as a personal decision, in spite of what God says, and in spite of what happens to a society when they go that route. Now America's turning to socialism, ignoring lessons from countries who've tried it, we're speeding down a dead-end street that leads from capitalism, which made us strong, to socialism or communism. We'll soon be a nation with no wealth, no freedom, and no reason to work, a third-world country. We're at the tail end of the speculation generation. It's getting scary. Israel didn't get rid of the Canaanites. Judges 1.28 says, when the Israelites grew stronger, they forced the Canaanites to work as slaves, but they never did drive them completely out of the land. They said, we can use these people, and they used them. God said, have nothing to do with them. Sure, they're wicked, but some good can come out of them. See America today, legalized gambling, the lottery, marijuana, hard drugs, such things as that. Look at the good we'll build. Uh, we'll be able to build roads and schools and generate tax dollars. And look at the revenue we can generate. You know, it's time to stop looking at what we can gain and ask, what are we losing? Now we've turned to borrowing, not just from banks, but from the world, especially China, who now owns us. We're borrowing our children's future. They'll never pay it back. But hey, that's their problem. Just like Israel, we favor the world over God. We have a president who wants to make America great again and honor God's standards, and the populace wants to get rid of him. They fellowshiped with the Canaanites, the Bible says in Judges 1.32. Instead of the people of Asher moved in among the Canaanites who controlled the land, for they failed to drive them out. Hey, they aren't such bad people. They worship different gods. They're good neighbors. Israel learned their wicked ways, indulged in, uh, learned the wicked ways of these good neighbors and indulged in their idolatry, sacrificed their children to Moloch. Today's cry is, there's nothing wrong with a gay lifestyle. What they do is their business. They should have rights after all. They're good neighbors. Why can't we just get along? God says that lifestyle is abomination. It's, it, it'll be our downfall. It breaks down family. It makes a mockery out of marriage. 
If we adopt it, we're begging for God's judgment. God's done it before. He'll do it again. Now, don't misunderstand. God loves homosexuals, and so should we. But we love them not by accepting their sin, but by confronting them with God's truth, offering the antidote, which is their only hope and ours as well. Israel ended with every man did what was right in his own eyes, and God had to judge the parallels between uh, them. And, and God had to judge them, and the parallels today are paralyzing us. Then there's dissipation. Judges chapter 2, verse 3, So now I declare that I will no longer drive out the people living in your land. They will be thorns in your sides, and their gods will be a constant temptation to you. Thorns and snares. Judges 2, 4, When the angel of the Lord finished speaking to the Israelites, the people wept loudly. They wept because God was lifting his hand of protection off of them. On 9-11, terrorists turned their planes into missiles. Jerry Falwell at that time said, We'd better realize God is removing his protective hand from this nation. He cited our national sins of abortion and homosexuality. The liberal press crucified him, but he was right. God's using our current administration to give us what we've asked for. It's changed. And we are finding out it isn't change we can believe in. Revelation describes the downfall of a world power. It's an economic disaster. Is that us? Some ask, would a loving God allow that? Yeah, he will if we ask for it. Where was God at Sandy Hook Elementary School in Newton, Connecticut on December 2012? Or December 2012 when 28 people were killed, including 20 children. Well, we expelled him in 1962. We threw out his Bible and prayer, told God you're not welcome. Now we're in a godless generation. Is this the final generation, America? We're facing a very critical election. I mean, we just come through it. Will we get what we need or will we get what we deserve? I am personally praying that President Trump will be able to continue another four years. Our forefathers generated so much, our parents speculated it away. Will this generation dis dissipate it until it's completely gone? We're one generation away from losing America. Is there any hope? Where there's God, there's still hope. Judges 2.16, then the Lord raised up judges to rescue the Israelites from their attackers. God would always rather forgive than to judge. But if we insist, we should be afraid. During the Civil War, a benevolent gentleman saw a young black lady being auctioned as a slave. He bid just above every bid he heard and finally won the auction, paying a very high price. After winning... He started to walk away. She followed him. He said, young lady, I didn't buy you to own you, but to set you free. Free, she asked. Yes, free to do whatever you want. She replied, then I choose to go with you. After all that God has done for America, how can we spit in his face? We need to pray for national revival. There's prayer going on. We need to 
we realize that we've been promised if my people which are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked way I will heal their land and, and I will revive them we need to realize that if you're not saved consider all that God has done for you the high price his son Jesus Christ paid for you will you choose to be his servant and serve him Will you choose to get America back on the right standard like we need to be? You know, many soldiers died so you'd have freedom to make that choice. Christ died so you could make it too. Would you accept him as your personal Savior? Let's pray. Dear Jesus, I pray today that you help each one of us as we live in these very, very troubled times to realize that Christ is the answer, that you're the, you are the way the truth and the life that no man comes to the father except through you and help us lord to turn back to you before it's too late we see the things lord the foundations of our land we see them crumbling right before our eyes lord help us to shore things up by turning back to you we ask in jesus name amen well thank you for listening to me again i hope that you are praying and that you are doing what you can to help America get back to be what God planned for America to be. God bless you. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you.